Hey, yeah, I invite you, um, if you didn't have the opportunity to be here last Sunday, um, Pastor Matt spoke a cracking message which is available on podcast, and um, he was talking about, uh, about the kingdom of God breaking through. So I encourage you and actually ask, you know, if you've got the opportunity to um, listen to that. Um, it's pretty weighty, like, you know, so maybe um, you might find if you're driving or something, you might need to go back and listen to a couple of bits another couple of times. But chatting during the week, Matt and I were like, oh, just, I loved it because we didn't, maybe we should have talked about it, but we, you know, we hadn't orchestrated that our kind of our messages were going to tie in. And I know Matt's going to be back next week. So kind of three in a row around um, similar themes. And I was really taken when Matt was talking about this, about God's kingdom breaking through. We talked about how in our brokenness as humanity, but God um, has promised to restore that. And, you know, Jesus' demonstration of God's love poured into the world, not only into the world, into our world, into our lives. And so God is restoring things and making things whole. And so Matt was talking about how, you know, when we say, like, your kingdom come, heaven come to earth, God, there's moments where we get to see actually the kingdom and heaven breaking through and at work in our lives by the, by the goodness of his grace and the Holy Spirit. And so it got me thinking about this idea of, you know, the moments when I'm waiting or we're waiting for God to do something. And the more I thought about this the last little while, the more I found that I was, I was needing to wait for things. Who, who, who else gets tired of waiting for things? Anyone else? Like, I um, just in the last week, Ellie and I, we were waiting for news about our tax return. Um, if you can identify with that, it's like, oh, do I owe money? Do I get money back? Like, I'm waiting. Um, uh, Ellie and the kids went on a cruise, um, which sounds really um, luxurious and um, wonderful. Um, it went really pear-shaped. And so in our house, we're waiting for a travel insurance claim to come through, if you've ever been there. Simple things. I was waiting for my book um, on hold at the library to rock up. When's this book that I want to read? And, and one of the most eventful things that we not only, oh, I waited for, but we were waiting for as a staff, over at our Barrow campus when we get together as a, an entire staff, there became an increasingly bad smell in the office area until we realised that, yeah, something's died in the ceiling. And so we were waiting for that to remo be removed by the person who knew how to do that. It's like, ah, oh, man, waiting... Waiting all around us, like, we're, aren't we familiar? We're just waiting and anticipating that things um, will happen. What are you waiting for right now in your life? At any given time in this group of people, there's people, you know, waiting for news of a, a job application and how they, how they went in an interview or, you know, many of us, like, you know, are you, are you waiting for, you know, oh, there's a fresh opportunity and a new chapter that you might be able to step into and you're waiting for that to anticipate, like you're anticipating that, or even simple stuff, like we just wait and, you know, waiting for something to rock up in the mail. Like, I was about to say, give examples of what women wait for to arrive in the mail, but I realised I'm completely out of my depth. What do women wait for to rock up, like shopping online? Yes, y yes. the answer is yes, is it? <laughs> All right, thanks, Claire. All right, the answer is yes. They're waiting for something, at any given time, we're waiting for something to arrive in the mail. As I thought about this, I was reminded about how, you know, oftentimes there are seasons that are more than just waiting. And with looking at this today, I just go like, oh, this was more than just waiting for Jesus to do something for the, for the disciples. It was so much more than that. And I actually found myself going back to, it's right at the tail end of um, what Phil read for us. It's in verse 14 and 15. And, and, and John puts it this way. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there, so that you may believe. But now, let's go to him. Let's put ourselves in the shoes of those disciples there. I mean, we can so easily read scripture and go like, oh, like this is how the story ends. But let's go like, try and do that and put ourselves in their shoes where they're like, Jesus, like you, like, okay, you, you know that Lazarus is dead and you're actually glad you're here and not doing anything. How do you feel if you're in that moment where you're like, God, you, you know something and you could show up in power and yet you seem to don't want to do that because that's the circumstances and I think we can really identify with this like for those disciples confusion must have been I think just so front and center God like Jesus why don't you act like they have seen Jesus do the miraculous and been part of that themselves and yet going Jesus why aren't you even like you're not even you're not moving but you don't you seem like disinterested to want to move like god why why are you doing something here god why is it that God, why is it that we, like, we're still struggling to conceive and yet our friends over here, like that night that we all prayed together at Life Group, they, they're now pregnant and yet we're still over here and nothing is moving God. Why isn't something happening there? I imagine the uncertainty just would have been thick for them, like just, just consuming them. God, there could be an amazing breakthrough right now, but why not? God, those disciples saying, well, why is this happening to us? God's, what, what, God, God, what is with this situation? And they're wrapped up in, in uncertainty. I imagine dis- disappointment would have been right there as well. Disappointment that Jesus wasn't seeming willing to, to do anything. Like it's a pretty simple answer that he gives there. Lazarus is dead and I'm glad that I'm here. I think about people in the life of our church where like they, they're in that season listening to someone like, oh man, I like, I, I'm, I'm single longer than what I want to be and here I am and yet here I know these other people and they're like compared to me that I don't think they're anywhere near as nice and I'm way more of a catch and yet I'm still single. And it's magnified because they look back and like, God, now they're engaged. Like they're a step closer to being married. And I still haven't even met someone. That uncertainty, that disappointment, that challenge. In workplaces, in different environments where people say like, oh, I'm I'm the honest one in my workplace. I'm the one that constantly gives a bit more and tries to demonstrate Christ-like character. And when I give a, get a whack, I kind of try and turn the other cheek and actually I'm going to try and be gracious and forgiving to that person. And yet over here, this person's getting promoted. What's going on here, God? I can see this as clear as day. Can't you as well? Like, God, if you know everything, why is, this, why is this not moving? Why is this not happening? Situations where people would say, Jesus, I'm following you with everything I have and everything I can be. And where are you? And I was into this circumstance just over the last little while. I was, it was nothing as big as that for me, but I just had this one thing where I was like, God, why don't you show up? God, why don't you show up now? Like, out of everything that I know is going on in people's lives, even within our own church, God, this is seemingly insignificant. 
would you please just come and do something? And I was with um, some lovely people who I trust and I know their faith is strong and good and, and they said something in response to me when I said how challenging I felt it was and I know that what they said to me, I've said to other people. I may have even said to some of you. Do you want to have a think in your mind what they might have said to me in response? They said to me, well, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. And then someone else equally as helpful chimed in and said, you know, Jono, it'll all be in God's timing. And I, I so wanted to respond in a Christ-like manner. <laughs> I so wanted to. But it just wasn't in here. Like, it just wasn't there. Have you... I'm so sorry if I've said that to you. Like, you know, it, it's, it's true, right, though. Like, God does have a plan and God does orchestrate things in his timing. That's, that's an absolute truth. But in that moment, I'm like, that is the most unhelpful thing. Like, that's like just going, the teacher saying like, oh, you can't work out that equation in maths? It's all right, I've got the answers in the back of the book, but I can't show you. I'm like, oh, come on. And I was drawn back to this verse again. Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. I'm like, God, why do I keep on coming back to this? In the midst of uncertainty and confusion and disappointment and all those things that we've been there, been there with, or maybe you're experiencing even right now. Earlier on in the passage um, that we read, it says, um, and there's, I've just underlined a couple of um, lines here. We'll read it together. It's from um, verses 5 to 7, I think it is. Here we go. Now it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, three siblings. So, and so when the word so is in there, it's a bit like therefore in scripture. Like the circumstances like this, so this is the outcome or this is what God is going to do. So when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, okay, now let's go back to Judea. Four days after Lazarus has died. And I read this and I just felt like God convicting me and going, oh, so God, God loves me so much that he's okay with me waiting. God loves me so much that he's okay with you and I waiting. And I just thought, yeah, God, that, what I'm looking for is an answer. And I want to feel safe and I want to be secure. I just went, oh, that's right, God. You're much more interested in us being strong and faith-filled than you are in us feeling safe and knowing all the answers. So what can we do when we're in that spot where we say, God, like, where are you? What would you have us do? When we, and I'd like to just share three really simple things that I think the disciples in this story demonstrate in a really incredible, powerful way. Like, you know, they face some pretty rocky waters, like following Jesus, and this is one of them. And, you know, what do we tend to do when the, the boat starts to get rock, rock, rocking a bit? Like, I think we tend to drift. I think we tend to drift. 
You know, we go through a challenging season or a season filled with grief and heartbreak or challenge and, you know, if we haven't done it ourselves then we've seen other people in church life do it, drift away from being part of a life group or drift away from relationship and connection. We tend to drift away from going like, oh God, this is too hard and so, you know, at times our Bible remains left unread and those really healthy patterns in our life become disrupted and before we know it we've drifted off course a bit. I think we can tend to compromise as well, where we go, oh, well, we know what God's best is, but yet we are willing to live for less than that. We can, we can try and make something happen, just get ahead of God. Like, I think that's what the disciples wanted to do. Like, they've got their bags packed. They are ready to go. And they're like, Jesus is like, no, no, not yet. Not yet. We're not going yet. But here, what do the disciples do? And I think this is an amazing, like, they're, they're incredible people. Firstly, they stay where they can hear the voice of Jesus. In the midst of their uncertainty, they don't scatter and run off. This is not always true of the disciples and it's not always true of us, right? But in this moment, they go, actually, in the midst of this heartbreaking news and going, Jesus, why don't you respond? When are you going to respond? They stay close enough to hear his voice. They wait and they're faithful and they stay where Jesus is. So I just went, you know what, in the midst of my circumstances and maybe in the midst of yours, there you go, what can we do? Let's agree to, uh, together that we're going to stay in those places where we can hear the voice of God together. That we're not going to just kind of veer off course or, or kind of start losing relation, relational connection and doing those things. And maybe it's as simple as just, you know, showing up here on a Sunday, like, You know, you're facing that amount of uncertainty and confusion and disruption in your life and you're like, well, what else can I do? And the last thing maybe you want to do is show up. Just keep showing up. Just keep on putting ourselves in a place where we can hear the voice of God reassure us that he is with us. And that commitment actually ends up impacting and affecting all of the disciples. Their willingness to stay spurs each other on, I think. That's my second point. They face that temptation, I think, you know, just as we do, to to dwell and to stew in that disappointment or uncertainty. But together, they hang around Jesus and encourage each other. I want to again just, just say to those of you that are facing circumstances that are so confronting right now and so hard, like you're, you're a great encouragement to the rest of us. When you show up and you worship and you pray with us and you go like, you know, there, there is nothing that is so, like, I think more that builds us up in our faith when we, when we sit alongside someone and we, and we share with them and hear that story of like, I do not have the answers right now. I, I feel like there's moments I can't even see where God is in my life. But how about we worship him together? And maybe that means even while your problems remain unsolved, or your situation remains unsettling. Maybe right now there's relationships in your life that will continue as much as you would want them to be resolved. There's relationships that just have dynamics going on that that just feels unrestored. Relationships aren't as as full as what they could be or as good as what they could be. That we would still be able to spur each other on and encourage each other. I love how when they're all together, 
They anticipated too that Jesus would do something. I'll speak for myself. I have the amazing ability to wait and anticipate with a sense of dread. Does anyone else have that? Like, even to the point of inventing problems that aren't even problems that may not even exist. I'm upset and wound up about my hypothetical problems, right? I'm sure I'm not the only one. You know, we, we can get in that rhythm of going like, okay, oh, things are going to end up this way. Our oh, circumstances are going to fall apart rather than come together. While we possibly wait with a sense of dread and inevitability, Jesus waits with the inevitability of goodness, that he is going to break through. It wasn't a matter of if, it was just a matter of when. Matt said this last week, God's commitment is to see heaven and earth, see that heaven and earth is again united, which we can taste parts of now. How sweet is that when we get to celebrate together when we see God breaking through into people's lives? Catching up with someone for a cuppa and um, we were talking about this passage and we both agreed to go away and um, pray about it and think about it and just say, hey, what do you feel like God is showing you? And I'm going to quote them without, I'll quote them anonymously because I forgot to ask their permission. Anyway, they, they said about this, they said, you know, when we anticipate that Jesus will do something, hey, it reminded me, I need to seize the moment. It's God's will, but if you don't seize it yourself, it's a moment lost. I think that's so true. Like, let's not let go of moments and go, ah, oh, we, we missed it. Actually, that we say, it's God's will that he brings heaven to earth. There's moments where we get to taste that and experience that. Of course, we don't get to experience that fully. That's, that's heaven when we're completely restored. But this reminds us, go, actually, in the midst of confusion and distraction, we're going to grab hold of every moment. How many days can we get up where we're just like, we are... We are on the conveyor belt. We are just like the day starts and then before you know it, it's gone. And a week starts and before you know it, it's gone. Like I love this reminder, just going, hey, slow down and seize the moment. And I think that's what those disciples were doing. This feels uncomfortable. This feels awful. I'm waiting for Jesus to move and to act and I'm still going to seize this moment and I'm going to stay close to him. There's a great... Um, there's a great verse later on in John, uh, shortly after what we've read, where there's an exchange between, between Martha and Jesus. And this is Martha um, of the, um, uh, Jesus, there's too much housework to be done to hang around with you fame. Like, say, say Martha, okay. And I actually think she gets a bit of a hard time sometimes. Like, she's, you know, she's up and she's about business. But let's read this together from, um, from John where he says, I think we've got up here. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. How good is this? I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. Here's Martha saying, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. You are God's kingdom breaking into my world. I read this and I just go, Martha's faith is amazing. She didn't know that Lazarus was, Jesus was going to bring Lazarus back from the dead. To me, I read this and I just go, Martha's faith screams to us, 
Jesus, you can always do something. Jesus, you can always do something. What a catch cry that we would live by. You know, she's facing the same uncertainty as the disciples. It's her sibling, like for goodness sake. But here she is saying, in my waiting and in my frustration, Jesus, you can always do something. And that's incredible faith. Jesus really clearly said, you know, and all of this, of course, is for God's glory. That God's power and love would be demonstrated. And of course, that's better for us. How much better is it for us? Like even when there's periods of waiting that we come to a point where we, we experience God's power at work in our lives. I was reading, I uh, wasn't reading, I wasn't reading the radio, I was listening to the radio. I was um, listening to the radio during the week and they were talking, actually talking about waiting for things. Someone ra- rang in and said, um, oh yeah, I, was, I ordered some super strong magnets to arrive in the mail and they didn't arrive. And this person just shared how they were so frustrated. I don't need, why do you need super strong magnets? I'm not sure. But anyway, they needed these super strong magnets. They didn't arrive. And so they're calling the company like, get your act together. My magnets haven't arrived. And anyway, then they still didn't arrive and still didn't arrive. And so they're calling them and emailing like, you know, customer feedback. Where are my super strong magnets? I was listening to that and I just thought, oh, that's... that's that's us in our faith sometimes, isn't it? Like, you know, God, where is this thing that I, w- I ordered? Like, you're meant to deliver this to me, God. Like, God, what are you, you going to do? Like, I, I keep on emailing, I keep on calling you and nothing seems to be happening. This, this caller went on to share how um, one day they very sheepishly called the company and just said, I'm so, so sorry. And they said, why is that? And they said, oh, I've been contacting you and pestering you and getting angry at you and... Well, I've got a metal letterbox and they'd stuck to the top of the letterbox and I'd ne- I never knew. They've been there for months and I listened to that and I couldn't help but chuckle to myself because I'm like, that's us, hey? Isn't that us spiritually sometimes? We're like, God, it was right there. I just assumed that it wasn't. I just like, oh God, you know, those moments where it's not until we look back and we've actually been through, you know, we've had to experience the challenging challenge and the confusion, the uncertainty that we look back and go, God, you were there all along and it's for your glory and it was actually better for me that I didn't know all the details, but you, you were there all along and I'm better for it. Just like the disciples heard, oh, it's actually better for you, Jono that you have to wait for a bit. In that day, there was, you know, um, there was obviously medical professionals and the medical profession wasn't as thorough as what it is now. And so there was different, there just wasn't the clarity of proclaiming someone dead in those times. And so, you know, occasionally uh, it's on record that what happened was people's heart would start, I'm going to try and say this word correctly, fibrillating, which is just like fluttering, really Tiny, tiny amount. And so people, like from all observation and listening to them and observing them, they were dead. The, their, their breathing was sh- so shallow you couldn't detect it. And so they were alive, but people would be proclaimed dead. And so there are reports of, and I'm mindful that there's kids in the room, so I'll try and keep this G-rated. There was a, reports of like, you know, things being in full swing of like, this person is dead, we're moving on and, you know, casket to the grave and all that kind of thing. And suddenly, ta-da, like, you know, Someone's not dead. Like, that's, that's a day, isn't it? Like, you know, the, actually, 
they weren't really dead all that time. And so in, in some pockets of the community, there had become a belief, kind of religious belief, that what was happening was that during that time that the body sat there, and even though this person was alive and no one really knew it, that, you know, that that represented something happening spiritually, where their spirit had left their body and was just hovering around, waiting until it was obvious that they were really dead. Like, and so that was, that was important. They were like, oh, well, you know, the spirit could come back and re-illuminate the body. The cutoff for that was when you know, someone had passed away and it became obvious through the changes in the body that they were dead. Now, I don't think Jesus really bought into the whole spirit hovering above them kind of thing. But that time in, an, in, the, in days was actually four days. It was after four days that those believed that, that like the spirit had been hovering around, after four days it, it would go. And like then they were really dead. And so I just find it remarkable that if Jesus had moved after two days, there's some people that go, oh, he, yeah, he raised him from the dead, but he didn't really raise him from the dead because actually there was this other thing happening, the heart fluttering thing. And, you know, it, it actually was not really dead. But here Jesus waits two more days. It's four days. And so there's absolutely no place for cynicism. There's no place for scepticism or questions. Jesus waits until in the minds and hearts and eyes of those people, it can only be God doing the miraculous. That's all it can be. I love that. Because we're no different to the disciples. There'll be times in our lives where God will ask us to be faithful. And, you know, he loved them enough that they had to wait. And he loves us enough that he will ask us to wait. And it was better for them and it was better for, and it can be better for us too, that on the other side of disappointment and frustration and confusion, we get to the point where we can say, it can only be God that has done this in my life. And there's no room for scepticism and there's no room for questions. And on the other side of that, we just say, God, you are incredible. You are so faithful. You are with me when I even thought you weren't. God, to my situation that I thought was hopeless, you have brought life and you have brought hope. And how good is it that we get to experience that, the kingdom of God breaking through into our lives? Why don't we stand together and pray and then we're going to sing. Invite the team to come up if you'd like and get rid of invite you, why don't we um, close our eyes for a moment and let's pray and let's just reflect on that passage. And God, we want to acknowledge afresh this morning that we, can, we are so blessed that we can read scripture on the other side of these experiences and we just want to, we choose to put ourselves in the shoes of those disciples this morning, God. And I know there's people... Each, each, every one of us to some point or another are experiencing what they have experienced. Waiting and uncertainty and, and Jesus, you saying, let's wait here a little bit longer. And God, we want to pray together this morning and 
we want to commit to you those circumstances that right now, God, you are, you are orchestrating that ultimately will be better for us and will be for your glory. But right now we're not sure of. God, would you empower us by your Holy Spirit to follow you with obedience and joy and faith, just like those disciples did. God, may we be an encouragement to each other and God, maybe, maybe give us the words that are better than like, yeah, God's got, a, you've got a plan or all in your time. Like, you know, that God together, you know, if we get the opportunity to sit with someone, God, would you help, help us, give, give us real, bless us with clarity and bless us with sensitivity, how we can, you know, we can journey well with each other. And rather than saying, you've got a plan, actually, we can say, you know, while you wait, while you're in your uncertainty and maybe your moment of disbelief, why don't we stay and we're going to stay close enough to Jesus that we can hear Him speak to us. And that would, we would encourage each other in that. Together, Lord God, that we can anticipate that You will move and that You will work. This morning, God, we, as we worship You, we want to pray a really bold prayer that in Jesus' Name, for situations that are known in people's hearts and lives this morning, that where there, is, where there is death and there's disappointment and there seems to be absolutely no way to break through, in Jesus' Name, we believe together in faith that You can bring hope and You can bring life to the darkest of situations, all for Your glory. And so we want to hold up you know, probably lots of things that we don't know the detail about, Lord God, in the, in the lives of our brothers and sisters, part of our church here at One Hope. But we want to hold that up this morning and say, God, come and move in power, all for your glory. May we see the demonstration of your goodness and may it be in such a way that we say we can't be cynical. We can't ask questions. We can, this can only be you, God. This can only be you. Help us to wait well and help us to worship too, knowing you that you are the God that has broken through into our lives. And so we want to say thanks for that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together.